Let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. We've all been exposed, not necessarily to the virus, maybe, who even knows? We've all been exposed by the virus. Corona is exposing us, exposing our weak sides, exposing our dark sides, exposing what normally lays far beneath the surface of our souls, hidden by the invisible masks we wear, now exposed by the paper masks we can't hide far enough behind. Corona is exposing our addiction to comfort, our obsession with control, our compulsion to hoard, our protection of self. Corona is peeling back our layers, tearing down our walls, revealing our illusions, leveling our best laid plans. Corona is exposing the gods we worship our health, our hurry, our sense of security, our favorite lies, our secret lusts, our misplaced trust. Corona is calling everything into question. What is the church without a building? What is my worth without an income? How do we plan without certainty? How do we love despite risk? Corona is exposing me my mindless numbing, my endless scrolling, my careless words, my fragile nerves. We've all been exposed, our junk laid bare, our fears made known, the band-aid torn, the masquerade done. So what now? What's left? Clean hands, clear eyes, tender hearts, what Corona reveals, God can heal. Come, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. This is a poem that was written by a pastor named Sarah Bournes back in March um, in the early days of the pandemic. And when I read it, it resonated with me immediately. Uncertainty, anxiety, fear, and panic have a way of exposing us and exposing the gods that we worship. Just because you're a Christian, just because you go to church, just because you pray and read the Bible and serve in different ways, doesn't mean that you don't have other gods. The pandemic started in Lent which is a season of fasting and repentance in the church calendar where we ask that question, where have I gotten away from the Lord and how do I return to him with all of my heart? In some ways, these past seven months have been one long season of Lent that has been exposing us. And when push comes to shove, when I'm backed into a corner and when all else fails, where do I put my trust? Where do we put our trust ultimately? To whom, or do we, to whom or to what 
do we look to save us? Is it a political party? Is it a presidential candidate? Is it some ideal circumstance in life? It forces us to ask, are there any gods who have taken my heart captive? So in today's Old Testament reading, um, the Lord gives Moses the Ten Commandments, which is like the most famous part of God's law. And I'm not going to go through all of them today, but I want to focus your attention on this first one because it's the one on which the other nine all hang. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, when we hear that word law, it tends to have negative connotations. Like it sounds very heavy handed, kind of oppressive, and we don't like being told what we can and cannot do. Um, my parents uh, live in Korea and my sister Grace lives in Thailand where wearing masks is a very common thing, you know, even before the pandemic. And uh, I was talking with Grace on the phone the other day and she was talking about how like Thai people are so confused because they know she's American and they're always asking her like, I don't, I don't understand. Why don't Americans wear masks? <laughs> and it just doesn't make any sense to them. But as Americans, we think that it infringes on our freedoms. Well, listen to what Jesus said when someone asked him in Matthew 22, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Like one of my favorite hymns um, at Christmas time, actually anytime, is O Holy Night. And in one of the verses, it says, truly he taught us to love one another. And it says, then it says this, his law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name, all oppression shall cease. Those words are rooted in this first commandment. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And what the Lord is saying is he's saying, I am not a God who oppresses, who coerces you to worship me so as to control you and cause you to fear. I am the God who freed you from your bondage to slavery. For what purpose? To love. If our freedom does not lead us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor, our enemy, our opponent, the person on the other side of the aisle, as ourselves, then it's not freedom. It's slavery. It is bondage. It is idolatry. It's idolatry because you have a God before you that is not the God of love. Human beings were made to worship. 
It's just part of what it means to be human. All of us worship something, even atheists, even though they may not call it worship, but that's what it is. And it's something that has captured our attention and demands our sacrifices. And there are obvious gods in our society, like money, sex, power. And then there are more subtle gods, like the poem states, our health, our hurry, our sense of security, our favorite lies, our secret lusts, our misplaced trust. All of us worship something that we put our trust in. And we become like the gods that we worship, whose law is fear. You become what you behold, someone once said. So Cornel West um, famously said that justice is what love looks like in public. And when you look at the, the rest of the laws um, that God has given to Moses, so much of it is about loving our neighbor, loving the poor, protecting the widow and the orphan and the foreigner. It actually gets really detailed in these things. But all of those things begin in this first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Why? Because God is so oppressive and demanding? No. Well, actually, actually he is demanding, but it's because he loves us and he knows that if we are putting our trust anywhere else than in him, if we're putting our trust in any other political party or any presidential candidate, whatever it may be, we are not free. So the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3, yet whatever gains I had, whatever gods I'm putting my trust in, whatever gave me a sense of identity and worth and control, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I wanna know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. A little bit later, you know, Paul talks about how it's like, I forget what's behind and I strain towards what's ahead. This one thing that is my passion, this one thing that is Christ. You know, think of the psalmist who said, one thing have I asked of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Think of um, the story of Mary and Martha, where Martha is rushing around in the kitchen and complaining that her sister Mary is not helping her. And um, Jesus says to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but only one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen the better part. These words, that idea of there's one thing, these words that Paul has shared with us from Philippians, they're words of a person whose heart has been set free. Free to love, set free by the law of love that is written on our hearts by the God of love because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so this seventh month into this time of pandemic and revolution, and with an impending election upon us. What is corona exposing in you? 
What is it exposing about the gods that you have been worshiping? What does it expose or reveal about the God who loves you? What Corona reveals, God can heal. And this morning, we want to ask God to free us and to heal us so that we can worship him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Come, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. Let us pray. God, we just come before you this morning, Lord, knowing that our hearts are crowded with lots of different gods that we believe are going to save us and make our lives secure. Gods that we think can help control our reality and our world. God, this morning, uh, would you lay our hearts bare before you? God, would you expose what lies beneath the surface? And would you come and heal us, God? Free us. Be the God of that loving, life-giving, um, just liberating act of salvation, Lord, the same way that you did with the Israelites. Lord, would you free us from those things that keep us from loving you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor and our enemy as ourselves. So we look to you, God. We need you. We put our trust in you, the only God, the one that we worship. We love you. We bless you. We worship you this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen.